Be'ezus Hashem, it's a big schos. Just to be able to come into Shabbos with Yishev Adas, with like a sense of calm, not rushed, is, a, is already a big uvda. Like even if we sat around and talked about politics, it would already be, it would already be a thing. You know, to be able to sit and learn is an amazing thing. And not just to learn anything, but to learn from this Sefer, the Heliga Sefer Kesar Shem Tov. So just a bit of background. Kesar Shem Tov is a compilation, the, the earliest compilation of foundational teachings from the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. It was published in 1794, around 30 years after the Baal Shem Tov had left the world. And all that had been published pretty much from the teachings of the Baal Shem and his messages was the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef, of Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polonia, who was one of the major students and disciples of the Baal Shem Tov, and a few, a few other svarim that had been written, um, but really ma- mainly the Taldas, and there were a couple of other early, early Hasidish svarim. And this Yid, whose name was Rabbi Aaron, there's a great deal of speculation as to who exactly he was. If he was an Abbasid in Apt, we know that he was, from, he was from the city of Apt, but he took it upon himself to go through this Sefer Taldas Yaakov Yosef and the other svarim that were available, and to collect all the different times that it quotes something mamish in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, to bring them all together into one sefer. And so a lot of the Chavar are busy learning Sifri Hasidus Bechlal, and they're learning Kedusha Slevi, and Aymeli Melech, and Marvash Shemesh, and Dagamach Nefraim, and so on, from the later diaries. And a lot of times, if you take that route, and then come back to Keser Shem Tov, it's, it's a lot of things that people are quoting in the names of the other tzaddikim are really just iterations of what the Baal Shem Tov himself said. There's very little that was, that was new. Obviously, newer interpretations and, and uh, applications and so on. But the fundamental messages is, is in Keser Shem Tov. And so as a Hashem, we're going to try to journey mm-hmm. through it. Some pieces are very short, like the first couple of teachings. Some are a little bit longer. Some are a little bit more Kabbalistic. Some will skip because they're just bechlal. There's nothing practical that I can perceive or understand. We're going to try to take the teachings that are down to earth, that we can take something with us into Shabbos, a few ideas to give us a burst of a deeper perspective, Be'ezus Hashem, to come into Shabbos with Yishev Adas and with, uh, with perspective. Okay, so let's begin. We'll take a look at Kesar Shem Tov number one, two, and three today. And Be'ezus Hashem, over the weeks, we'll try to make our way through this incredible Sefer. So the Sefer begins as follows. Mehabesht from the Helig of Hashem Tov, Yisrael, Amen. Be'er, the Baal Shem Tov explained, which one of the more famous teachings from the Gemara, from the Talmud Yerushalmi, which we've heard in different iterations, and it's a shocking Gemara, which is why it's quoted, because the Gemara says, Halavai, it's paraphrasing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Halavai, Oisi, Azvu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, ah, if only they would leave me, if they would forsake me, shamaru, but they would still keep my Torah. The Gemara says, Sheha, the light within the Torah, machzirin that would help them return to the side of good. So what does that mean? To Hashem saying they should forsake me, a focus on me and just keep the Torah. And, and, and that would do more for them than trying to think about me and trying to keep those mitzvahs, the chaybas, halavavas, 
being aware of Hashem, Avas Hashem, Yerushalayim. It's a very difficult concept to wrap our mind around in the Sfarim, especially in the Derech of the Baal Shem Tov, which was all about focusing on HaKadosh Baruch Hu and about a connection to Torah not necessarily being enough or not necessarily being uh, adequate, right, or the ideal. So there's a lot of reinterpretation that has to be done in order to contextualize and to understand what HaKadosh Baruch Hu means to say here. Obviously, he doesn't mean, you know, we should just have a rote technical robotic experience of Tyra, and that's better somehow than trying to trying to build a relationship with Hashem. Obviously, it can't mean that. On a simple level, the Maranayim has a taich, and we're not getting into all the different interpretations now, just to focus on how the Baal Shem Tov saw a completely different message in these words of the Gemara. If only they would forsake me, what does this mean? Is it's also written in a very, very terse way. He didn't necessarily copy the exact language from the Sfarim. He just sort of was Makatsar very, very much. So we have to, it takes a great deal of, of explanation and filling in the words. So he says, Ki is Shaloi which is a concept that shows up in the other Sfarim, particularly in Rabbi Nachman and Sichasran, Ois Gimel, where there's a concept, and the, the, the Lashon that Rabbi Nachman uses is Tachlis Hayadiyah. The pinnacle of knowing is shaloi neda, is coming to the awareness and the knowledge that you don't actually know. That's tachlis hayadia. And this means a lot of different things. We're going to explore exactly what it means in this context. But this is a fundamental cloud. Tachlis hayadia. The people that really know what's going on, they know shaloi neda, that you can't actually know. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. Says the Bashem, Amnam Yesh Beis Sugim Shaloi Neda. There are two different interpretations, two experiences of what this means not to know. Aleph, the first kind, is Miyad, is just right away. Meaning, before any kind of excursion into the world of information or into the world of thinking, just before anything, ignorance, just Bechlal ignorance means not to know, right? Miyad. Right? Just the natural state of a person before trying to understand anything, he does not understand. Miyad. A person doesn't enter in to think and to investigate and to learn and to try to understand fundamental truths or to try to understand in this context who Hashem is, what Hashem is. Because he already knows. He read this cloud, the first thing in Keser Shem Tov. The main thing is to know that you don't know. And so he says, finish. So anyway, I'm not going to know. And so he doesn't open his Sefer. But Bez, the second kind of person, is Shechoyker V'dayresh. He mamish goes and investigates and explores and learns all the Sfar Makdashim about Hashem, what we could know about what a Kodesh Baruch Hu reveals to us and about his manifestation in the creation of the worlds and his manifestation within nature and his manifestation within our Nishamas. V'chule, v'chule, ad sheyeda, until he arrives at the understanding, wow, she'iyev sheleda, that, it, that I, I can't possibly really know. You know as much as I might know, and as much as we might know, at the end of that journey, you come to the realization, wow, that I don't know. The Hefresh Bein Zelazeh, he says, to understand the Hefresh, Kiyaduah, the Baal Shem Tov, is always telling stories. And Mashalim, so right here in the first piece, we have a Mashal. Mashal l'mahadavar daimah. What can this be comparable to? Shnayim sheroitzim leida es Two different people that want to come and understand and grasp the king. To become aware of this person. Who is the king? 
to maybe connect with him, build a relationship with him. So the first kind of person, the first person, he goes into the palace, he explores all the rooms, and he is able to appreciate all the different ways that the king decorated or commanded that the palace should be decorated and the different furnishings and the pictures on the walls. And he goes around and he gets the sense for the presence of the king. I'm sorry. And after that, he says, okay, fine. So I, I, in some way, I experienced the house of the king, but I still have no shaykhis with the, with the king himself. That's the first kind of person. But Vashemi, the second kind of person, Amar, he says, maybe after hearing the first person's report, Amar, if it's impossible to get to know the king, so there's no purpose in going into the palace at all. I'd rather just be in a state of not knowing and be okay with that because anyway, you can't know. So which one is better? It's, it's right? not a bad thing. The, the other one's not a bad thing, right? What do you mean? The one that doesn't, doesn't enter. He, he realized, I can't know. I'm not going to try and know. That could be like a monoshita proper. Maybe, maybe we're about to find out that Akkadish Parhu has an opinion on these two people. Not bad or good, but we're going to find out which Akkadish Parhu wants us to do. He slipped the Moshe, right? He slipped the Moshe. Meaning? Miyad is the sec. He's the first one. It's not the first who says, is the first person. It's not Miyad. No, the first person. Not Yesh Beisugin, second line. Right. Yes, yes, yes. In the Moshe, the first person is not the Miyadnik. Yeah. The second one is the, is the one that's yeah. miyat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, so for us as Yidin, right? We read in a sefer that really ultimately Hashem is beyond us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ein Sof, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beyond time, beyond space, beyond the categories that we use to process reality around us. So can't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So which of these two people should we be? Says the Balshem of Azei Yuvan Vadai Vishnei Sugim Hanal. With this mashal, we can understand these two, these two people. And this is what the Gemara is telling us: a whole different taich. Oisi Azvu Mileda says Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I want that they should forsake me. What does it mean to forsake me? The Balshem is reading these words Oisi Azvu as a hint, as a symbol for the impossibility of coming to really know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I see Azbu. So at the end of the day, says Hashem, you're going to have to forsake this, uh, the, this um, expectation of being able to grasp infinity. Right? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, there's going to come a time, I see Azbu. One way or another, you're going to come to this place of just being overwhelmed by the mystery of, of being. Without being able to understand ultimate insights, we can grasp at it, hovering, mati v'loy mati, touching but not touching, like the Lashon of the Tsar, or v'ruach alikim rachefes al p'nei the Spirit of God is like hovering over the water, and the water is, of course, the Torah. So you can get some sense of the king, but oisi azvu is the end. That's, that's, that's the ultimate. She'i esher. It's impossible to really come and grasp Hashem. But this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, says Hashem, good, I want them to get to that madriga, but but not the person that just says miyad, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a Torah, he wants us to go into the palace, he wants us to get a sense of his presence, even if we cannot behold panim al panim. So this is what the Gemara is saying. Halavai oisi azvu. Halavai says Hashem. They would get to that madrega of tachlis ha'idiyah sholoi neida. How? Through the Torah Through the study of Torah. It's a gavalt. So that means to say that 
there's a certain humility in this. Anybody that's parading around that they know and they understand, and this is why the Holocaust, this is why this happened, and this is why this tsar, and this is why all this stuff, this is not the Derech of the Baal Shem. The, the Derech of the Baal Shem begins with, with total humility, total bittal, understanding that however much we're able to grasp at straws and understand a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I don't really ultimately know, and, and, and I have an ever-present awareness of that, but what is possible for me to know in terms of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to make known to me, it's my, it's my achrayas to try to journey through the palace of the king. And that's what the Baal Shem reads this Gemara. Halavai, oisi azbu mitoich, tairasi shemar. That's Kasser Shem Tov Aleph. Kasser Shem Tov Beis. I'll do two more for today. Short little tiny nuggets, small teachings, but big teachings, right? Just small words, but big ideas. What time is Mincha? Remind me. 20 past, okay. Says the Helega Baal Shem. Mi Baal Shem Tov. From the Baal Shem Tov's Chosya Gunaleinu. This is a big, big cloud. So let's just give a little bit of Akhtama. The Gemara in Brachas, Lamane Hamid Beis over here, brings a machlekes, a famous machlekes between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai and Rabbi Yishmal with regard to what does the ideal life of a Jew look like? The ideal schedule of a Yid, if he can. Rabbi Shmuel felt that the best is Torah im derech eretz, right? Which means to work, make a parnasa, kviyah itim la Torah as much as a person can. But sachakol b'zeas apachat veichalecha, Makadosh Baruch Hu expects us to be people. And Rabbi Shimon Baichai is of a somewhat extreme opinion that a person should mamish just learn the whole entire day. And if we would learn the whole entire day, then we wouldn't need all the all the all, you know. All the psukim about working, it would just happen memela. That, that would be the bracha that would happen if a person was able to go ahead and to learn um, the whole day. By the way, many people try to do like Rabbi Shimon. And we have to understand that Rabbi Shimon wasn't just speaking about the technical fact of sitting in front of a sefer the whole day. He meant mamish on, on a certain madrega that a person had to be on. And the Gemara then comments... Many people did like this and it didn't really work out so well for them. That's the Gemara in a simple level. It says the Baal Shem Tov, a deeper mabat, a deeper perspective. He trains us how to look at, at, uh, at a tyrant in a different way. A clown. Every Yid needs to be misnahig in his own Yiddishkeit, alpi madregasa in accordance with where he's at. That doesn't mean to make an assessment of my life and to say, okay, I can handle this, I can't handle that, and that's just who I am, and so be it, because we're made to grow. And Kodesh Baruch wants that we should take a next step, always, every day, we should try to journey. I said over here in the show one time, doesn't just mean whoever learns halach every day, but somebody who changes the way that he walks every day. How can I be better? How can I try to be mitkadem, to progress in life, to develop? And that's true. But sometimes a person can take a next step, but it's not their next step. It's the next step of the next guy, or it's the next step that maybe is socially acceptable, but it's, it's not what's right for them. It's not what they need. And maybe at their place, where they are in Yiddishkeit, they're supposed to be focusing on, on this and not, and not necessarily on that. So the Vashem says every person needs to be misnag al pima soy. And it takes a degree of self-awareness and it takes a degree of being sensitive to the voice of the Yitzhahara that can creep into the sugya because, you know, we have a natural knack for, for laziness. We have to be aware of all this. But says the Vashem, 
somebody that goes ahead and tries to do something in Yiddishkeit, but it's not their thing, it's someone else's. He says, not only will he not be able to be who his friend is supposed to be, he'll not even end up being who he's supposed to be. Because every single person, the Gemara tells us, which is an incredible thing to think about. Seven, eight, maybe billion people in the world and every single person looks different. It's unbelievable to think about that. Mamash, unbelievable. And the Gemara says, Each of us have our own consciousness, our own personality, our own talents, our own abilities, our own message, our own energy that HaKadosh Baruch wants to send to the world to us and through us. That's going to be the third teaching. Each of us individually. So we have to mamash be um, faithful to that. We have to become who we're meant to become, not who Yenem is supposed to become. Says the Baal Shem, this is what the Gemara Brachas is telling us. What does it mean? Many people tried to do what Rabbi Shimon did and it didn't work out for them. So on a simple level, it's referring to the sheet of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon said you should sit and learn the whole day. And they went and sat and learned the whole day, but they didn't have the pranasa that Rabbi Shimon promised them that they would have. That's what it means on a simple level. Says the Baal Shem, look deeper. They weren't at that madrega. They weren't at that level. It was because society expects that after you get married, not going to get into this now, you sit and learn for 100 years. So they, so they did that. But not because that was what they needed to do or what they were supposed to do. Raksha asu. So why did they do it then? Says the Gemara, Kirib Shimon. Because they just wanted to, to do this avayda, because Rabbi Shimon was doing this avayda. You hear a different way of reading this? Not just that they did what Rabbi Shimon Shita was, like they wanted to be like him. They, they, it was a dimion that they were meant to, to have his avoida. They saw Rabbi Shimon is at this madrega. And that's what the Gemara says, like also which is an amazing thing. Because the way that the Valshemtav is reading that, he's saying, it might have worked out for them if they were ra'oi. If it was mamish right for them. The reason like also is because the only reason they were doing it is Kiribshim. Is because that was that was his thing, and they thought that they wanted to be like that. A uniquely Bestian Balshemtev uh, Taj, unbelievable. Okay, so let's see this. They wanted to be on his level. They right, which is by the way not a bad thing. It's no, not a bad thing they, to they strive. Be the best of themselves. That they should have been honest with themselves and where they were holding. You know, in the Balshemtev, like we said, from every piece. And this is an important thing, Bechlal, when you enter into the world of Hasidus. The Vashem really came to bring one thing into the world. Just one, one ha'ara, one hasaga, one, mamish like an energy, a hashra'a, a, a, a spark of inspiration. It's something similar to what we learned about in the first teaching, that it's impossible to really define, because the whole message was an undefinable one. It was all about the neshama, which is be'etzim, undefinable, unquantifiable. How do we get to know the neshama? Through senses, right? Through the way a person speaks, and through the way that they that they act, and through their behavior. That manifests their neshama. But a neshama itself, you can't be tofes a neshama, right? Until it manifests in a guf. And so it's the same thing with the Balshemtav. The Balshemtav's hasaga that he brought to the world is a unified energy. How do we come to know it? Through two billion teachings and all the Sifri Hasidus. But it's not, ah, this is this teaching and that's that teaching. They're all doorways into one essential ballroom. 
you know, and when you put all of it together, it's like a diamond that has a million different facets. Okay. And that's the diamond, right? But it's miksha achas. It's, it's every piece that we're learning now is a different facet of this message. Biravois ha pieces, like when you go through all of them, you take a step back, you see the big picture, you say, okay, I get it. It's a tapestry. And so we're going to try to be sensitive to the ultimate messages that's beyond just a cute reading, like a nice shot. It's more than that. He means to teach fundamental foundations of a very unique hashkafa that revolutionized Yiddishkeit then, and you and I know is revolution, revolutionizing Yiddishkeit now. It's just as relevant because we're struggling with the same issues of disconnection and surface level existence with all the, 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 the shavira that that brings. And the Baal Shem Tov wants us to focus on the inside, on the panemius. So from the first piece we learned, humility. That not knowing is an ideal. It's not something to be ashamed about. As adults, sometimes on a, on a countless level, it's like I feel like I have to know everything and I have to have all the answers. And the Baal Shem Tov says, no, it's an ideal to just be in a state of saying, you know something I don't actually know. That's a good thing. It's an, it's, it's an okay place to be. Don't have to have all the answers. Right? That's number one. From the second teaching, we're learning a, a, a linked nakuda of that, which is authenticity, which is linked to humility, right? Because our authentic selves knows that we're not mamish on, on the level. You know, that our authentic self is in touch with the things that we really need to work on that maybe other people aren't, aren't privy to necessarily. We can make an assessment of everything going on in our inner world, in our lives, in our relationships, honesty, authenticity is linked to humility. The more authentic you are, the more, the more humble you are, the more humble you are, the more authentic you can become. But if a person's living an external dimion, right, where the whole life is just like about the image that they can project and not in touch with what's really going on and working through those things. So then it's a pagan both in humility and it's a pagan in authenticity. So these two things are very connected. That's what the Baal Shem Tov means to communicate through this piece. Be you. How do I know who, who I am? Says the Baal Shem, be in touch. Be in touch. Check in. Spend time thinking. Spend time analyzing. Spend time assessing. Understand that there's beauty in that. It's not a, it's not a scary thing. It's the most wonderful thing. Because there's no like frantic need to, to be perfect. It's, it's not an ideal. The frantic need is just to be exactly me. With all of my contours and, and imperfections and, 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 and f- the facts of my existence and my matzav. That's how Hashem wants it. He wants me to grow through that. But first to be aware of, of what the matzav is, then we can know what the, what the next right step is for us. And that's the second piece. So let's, let's jump to the last five minutes. Let's, let's look at the, the last teaching over here, which we alluded to. Mi Balshemtov. Also from the Baal Shem, all these pieces are from the Baal Shem. Pirish Hashas, another Gemara in Brachas, Yudzayin, Amid Beis, where the Gemara is talking about Reb Chanina ben Doisa and about his frugality, the way that he lived so frugally that Imamish didn't eat anything. The Gemara says, what did he subside on Kav Charuvim? Just one Kav, a small measurement of Caribs from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. And the Gemara says, well, Amar, even though he ate so little, Kol Ha'olam, just eats a tiny bit from week to week, and the whole entire world is subsiding because of the schus of this Reb So on a simple level, what does the word Bishvil mean? Bishvil, on account of, right? Because of, because of. Listen to the Hashem to read this. 
says the Baal Shem, you can read the word Bishvil as like a, a word, Bishvil, but you could also read the base as a prefix and the actual word as the word Shvil. Because the word Shvil is a word and the word Shvil means a path. And the Baal Shem is, is reading this a conduit, a channel. So what the Gemara is telling us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Va'amar kol ha'olam nizayn bishvil chanina bini. Chanina, but not just on account of, but chanina mendoisa is a conduit, is a pipeline. Ki shvil hu tzinar. A shvil is a pipe. Shepasach tzinar bishvil hashefa. It's a pesach and it's a shvil. It is a, a pipe a conduit for the shefa to flow down. So that's a nice touch, and it tells us what the gedolim are. It's a whole different thing. They're mamish like a channel through which shefa is coming down to the world. But it becomes much more relevant when we remember the Gemara that refers to all of us. The Gemara, I believe in Sanhedrin, that tells us that each and every person, it's very, very deep. And the Svarim do apply this. I couldn't find it exactly from which Sefer today, but I've seen it in Svarim that they apply this Taich of the Baal Shem Tov to this Maimar Chazal, and it's a whole different meaning. It doesn't mean that each person should simply say the whole world was created Bishvili for me, but it means something a little bit deeper. I have Shabbos. Ah, I have Shabbos. If you just be able to say that, it's a Gavad. Ah, Chazay Hashem. So... So every person needs to say bishvili, not just on account of me, but in through my pipeline, nivra And this has many, many meanings. One meaning is the awareness of the subjectivity of life, meaning to say how much, how much our subconscious and subjective thinking actually creates the reality around us more than our experience of objective reality. Meaning, not getting into this now, I don't really have time, but there's a concept of data and assessment. So not getting to the whole thing now, but how much of the way that we experience life is not actually what's happening, it's our assessments of what's happening. How many times, all of us have experienced this. We thought this one said this and meant this. And but Chalal said something else, especially over social media. Someone sends a, an emoji sometimes. And you think that, I'm telling you, it's, it's unbelievable. So much is our assessments of what's actually going on. Um, I personally struggle with this all the time. I have a predisposition to making assessments that are off for whatever reason. I have to work on this. There's data and there's assessments. So that's one of the meanings that we can think. The Shvili Nifra Oilam is like it's, it's the world around me is actually being created through my personal Shvil, meaning through my subjectivity more than the objective world. It's just a good lesson to be aware of. But it can mean something else as well. Each of us with our authenticity that we spoke about earlier in the second piece is intended to be a, a pipeline. When we think about who we are, what we are, why we are, why a Kaddish Baruch Hu put us in this world, we have to think of the imagery of a, of a pipe, of a channel. We're intended to channel a certain unique kind of Shefa to the world. Rabbi Chanina Mendoza channeled his, and you and I are intended to channel ours. And the word for channel, other than Shvil, which, mean, which means like a pipeline, or a lane, right? Like they say colloquially, stay in your lane. Same thing, Bishvili Nivra'il, you've got to stay there. But the word Sinar, the Svarim say, is the same Osios as Ratzon. Sinar is Ratzon. The Bnei Sastra, other tzaddikim say, how do you open up the Sinar? 
How do we open up the channel in our lives? All of us, we want to do what we're supposed to do in this world. What's the key? The key is Ratzin. The key is the, re- the realization, and we're going to learn teachings about this. We have a lot to learn. It's a big safe for Kesar Shem Tov. A lot to work through. But to understand and appreciate this Nakuda, that Ratzon is valuable in and of itself, even beyond or outside the context of being, you know, mamish actualizing Ratzon, just to sit and to want. It's a very powerful thing. Very, very powerful thing to express this Ratzon. Hashem, I want to be a good Shvil. I want to be able to be an open channel. I want to be able to allow the Shefa that's coming down to the world, Daika through me, to flow properly. Ratzon Oisius Tzina. We can open it up. And this is Kala Elam Kula Lenizan Elabishvil. Chanina Bini, she was to take all these ideas with us into Shabbos, and it's a good Aschalab as a Hashem.